On this episode of Resi Week, ADI unifies Pro AV, Tracnicity for D-Tools, and Flex Workspaces are here. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 324, The Tweeners. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by FSR. Welcome to Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories from the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matty Scott for avnation.tv. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by two of my good friends. First, we have Amanda Wildman. She is an owner of True Media Home. How are you doing, Amanda? I am doing great. So good to see you, Matt. And maybe Poncho ch- chime in once or twice because she's on the road. There he is. Uh, but the person who was actually invited to this show, <laughs> other than Ponch, uh, is Mr. Jason Nod. He is a chief content officer at CE Pro. How are you doing, Jason? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Matt. Thank you both for joining us. Uh, let's let's kick this right off with a story that comes to us from Residential Systems. ADI is unifying their AV product distribution offerings. Uh, They've integrated, or or they will be integrating, Herman Pro AV and Shoreview distribution under the ADI global distribution brand. Uh, Herman integration integration services will remain a value-added service. Uh, They acquired both of these uh, companies over the last little bit, but they're being rolled in under the brand, under the heading, uh, all available under the ADI Global website, etc. Which I'm, I'm just gonna say it. This is, I, I think this is a big, a bigger deal than most will believe, because when you look at the makeup of customers from ADI, it is not the ones that you typically would think of when you think Pro AV. Although a lot of the moonlight in the Pro AV category. Amanda, with ProAV being now, you know, truly under the ADI brand, this is not to say that they didn't have some ProAV to begin with, but it was limited. It was, you know, it's your place to find, uh, you know, Bose Freestyle, for example. That type of product was was easily found there, but not planar video walls, et cetera. Some, some of the other really cool things that are coming in from, from Herman and Shorevine. Is this going to make it easier for specifically residential integrators and those those security and access integrators who are playing in the light commercial or true commercial space to have access to proper pro av solutions and and hopefully utilize those solutions so people like me stop pulling my hair out every time i see um, a really shoddy commercial job filled with residential projects Well, I think that that shows like where the landscape right is going. I mean, we've all had conversations about this during the lockdowns and during the shutdowns. There's been such a cross between residential and then the light commercial. And like I know for us during part of our shutdown, we do have some commercial projects like restaurants or things like that. The restaurants were shut down. So we were able to go in and we were able to do, you know, some projects and do some updated stuff. So just going to make residential people, I think, have better access to better equipment. Um, Hopefully some training is going to come along um, with that because I know they've got great training days and great product days um, at ADI. We utilize our local um, ADI office a lot um, for that. So I think it's just really showing where the landscape is going, where these are definitely just crossing over more. 
I like it. Uh, Jason, when, when you see this, and, and I know you you know a lot about ADI and, and the inner workings and, and the you know traditional customer base of ADI, is, is this more than just a simplification of that um, consolidation of their business markets now? You know, with with that acquisition, it, is it just simplifying their business to bring it under the brand, or is there is there an active push to you know consolidate, but also open up this vast market to their current base? So one thing I know that for years a lot of custom integrators um, didn't really gravitate to ADI because I I heard so many times from them saying, well, they think security first. Mm-hmm. They're not truly a custom distributor. They think about security first. And remember, they, they weren't just consolidating the Herman Pro uh, brand, but also Shoreview distribution on the security yeah. side. They also, which is a, was another uh, strong regional uh, security distributor. And then think about the size of the security market. I just saw the recent numbers from Barnes Associates. You know, the security, the professional security space last 2021 was a $66 billion it's industry. Huge. So it's it 33, which is interesting, 33 billion equipment and labor, mm-hmm. 33 billion monitoring. Yeah. So right down the middle split. So the, the thing that I enjoy, I say enjoy, but I'm encouraged by this and everybody kind of knows that I preach this until I'm blue in the face is this migration towards services that I think custom integrators are recognizing as they see the value of their labor is so much more important. The security guys have figured it out for a long time with recognizing that their value isn't necessarily on the equipment side as much as it's gonna be on the services side. So I'm encouraged, not necessarily from your direction, Matt, but maybe the flip side, that some of these pro AV guys are gonna recognize and learn some lessons from the ADI group on how they can help and they've helped the security industry migrate to getting that recurring revenue base or that services-based um, element to their businesses. Do you think that there's a a, a big enough, I, I don't want to say market, but, but market segment. Do you think the market segment that is t- going to be tailored to ProAV from the ADI customer base has an opportunity to find an RMR option? There already is happening in the commercial office space, as you know, you can do remote um, conferencing, conference scheduling for individual boardrooms and get a recurring revenue base from that standpoint. So there's already some happening in the commercial space. Digital signage has a a recurring revenue element to it from a content standpoint. So there's ways to make money in the commercial pro AV space. Um, Now, whether that expands to now, okay, I'm doing this corporate boardroom facility I'm going to do, maybe I'm going to schedule, do the scheduling system for the conference room. Hey, why can't I get that alarm license and do the, the, uh, the alarm monitoring also? Yeah. I'm going to do the smoke detectors. I'm going to do, you know, you know, then it gravitates into things like sound masking and all those sorts of things that you can bring to bear and, the, and really be that one-stop solution. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, let's change topics for a moment. This comes to us from CE Pro. Uh, DTools unveils their direct integration with Tracnicity. Uh, it is a kind of a, a streamlined inventory management system. Now, it, it's been available sort of to, to DTools if you were subscribed to their, their QuickBooks integration. That worked, but you had to have QuickBooks integrated properly, yada, yada, yada. And we're, we're well aware that most 
integrators aren't necessarily super up to snuff in their accounting and business processes systems, uh, not to, to flog a horse there, but it, it's really cool because now you can access all of that information directly uh, through through the app, uh, through SI, and again, see you know essentially all of your inventory, whether it's been picked, whether it's been staged, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which I, I think is, you know, becoming a bigger thing. I, I hope people are paying attention to it. Jason, when you see this, when you follow this, is this is this showing that more integrators are really taking an active approach into how they are managing not only their inventory, but their business processes? We've obviously had a massive upheaval in inventory and, and the way we go to business from an inventory standpoint in the last two years. Um, but is, is this showing that more integrators are, are actively participating and, and trying to be proactive in this? Or is this just a, an evolutionary step that this was going to get better? Well, to answer your question, I'm, I'm sure it was um, more active uh, integrators because details told me directly that they had been demand, there was demand for this. They were getting requests for this over and over. When are you going to have direct integration between Tracknicity and and Detool? So mm -hmm. there wouldn't have been the demand if uh, if it wasn't the case. But you know, we could do this. We could do a two hour show here talking about uh, inventory management si situation and and I not to overstate or even understate it, but I think the the industry is in a real crisis situation right now in terms of the supply chain and the inventory, um, I'm getting, you know, calls every single day, emails every single day from integrators who are um, just completely flummoxed as to what to do to solve their cash flow issues, um, when they should be ordering, how much they should be ordering, um, stockpile, what should, what should they be stockpiling, what shouldn't they be stockpiling. Um, integrators who are telling me that they're losing millions of dollars in revenue because customers just don't understand the situation. And I'm really would love to, to pick Amanda's brain as to, you know, how is, what is the best way to communicate the situation to the customer base? Because the inventory situation and the, the supply chain situation, we all get it. The integrators all get it. The manufacturers understand, but some of the customers just don't. Amanda, First of all, answer that question. I, I do have a follow-up, but I, I am I am amazed at how often our customers, because I'm in the same boat you are, you explain it to them once one day, and you come back the next day and explain it to them again, and they can't seem to correlate. You know, an empty shelf at the grocery store is the same thing as you know an empty shelf at your local integrator. How do you go about explaining again? And again and again uh, to a customer who just doesn't seem to want to get it yeah i think that's the hardest thing and none of us got into this business because we wanted to disappoint people right we got into this business because we wanted to make magic we wanted to you know make cool things happen in people's homes and so i think the hardest thing at first is 
potentially having that disappointment or like when you have to have that conversation with somebody. So a couple of years ago, I read this book. Um, I don't even remember who wrote it, but Eat That Frog, right? Where it talks about going and having that conversation, that hard conversation first. And I think as integrators, we need to do that, have those hard conversations first, but also make sure that we're having those conversations, not only with our clients, but making sure we're expressing that to our other partners in the field too, so that the builder knows that yes, we're telling the builder so that they hear it from the builder so that they hear it from the designer so that they hear it, you know so that they are all abreast of what is exactly going on and just being honest it's hard and it sucks but you've got to be honest about it and let them know look this is the reality if you for sure want this I also can't be like we were talking about earlier. I can't be your inventory management. It can't be at like my cost where I'm just stocking it and storing it. If you want this guaranteed at this time, we might have to order it early. And that means you're going to have to pay for it earlier in the process than what you normally would have to. But that's going to have to be a conversation that you're going to have. And it's not fun conversation. I mean, nobody wants to buy something six months before it gets installed, you know, especially because they're all freaked out too that the technology is all going to change. And I'm like, it's going to change in the fact that it's no longer here. But in the next six months, it's not necessarily going to be, you know, like, like life changing, you know, change um you know for the most part so we can order early but they're gonna have to have some skin in the game too they're gonna have to pay for that cost up front I mean I can't I can't float that when you talk about cash flow and you know I think that it's great what Tools is doing with this um bringing in this process for inventory because you can't hardly go on an AV chat room or an AV group and people aren't out there asking and just saying what software is out there to help me? How can I run my business better? How can I, you know, we've, we've gone from kind of being the, you know, out of your own home. I mean, some of us are still out of our own home business or whatever to being more like grown up legitimate businesses and inventory and warehouses and cash flow and things like that. So I think every integrator is looking at how can I get these processes easier? How can I get them nailed down? How can I have it where I can see it at the touch of a finger? Um, you know, things like that. So I think it's great that Dtools is doing that. Let me let me ask you this, and I'm glad you brought up the professional aspect of this. Do you think that this is going to be the watershed moment that separates the actual business people that work in AV from the people that love doing AV so they can, you know, buy a boat or, or, or whatever. Last week, uh, our, our friend of the show, Stephen, made a, made a real hot take that a large percentage of integrators will no longer be in business when we get back to, you know, next day delivery for every product under the sun. I don't disagree with him, not necessarily due to just, you know, stock issues, but from the fact that a large number of integrators are not necessarily good business people. Is 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 this going to be that moment? It, it's. I mean, it's hard. You have to. You have to take the classes. You have to do the things. You know that that it requires to own a business. You know, you can't just hey, this is a fun hobby or whatever. Like you have to know how to work on your business. I mean, Ponch and I are even you know growing up and we're you know meeting with different people and developing different things for our employees and developing different processes and constantly learning that because. We have a vision of where it is that we want to go and it's no longer just, you know, quick installing. The The biggest thing for us has been 
trying as often as we can to get both of us out of the field, you know, and then put the trust, you know, in somebody else. Because when you make that leap from, you know, just being a husband wife team where you go out and you do all the your own installs and everything like that. Now you're growing up and you're adding employees. So what does that mean to add employees? What extra paperwork is that? And what roles are you going to fulfill? And now we're in a big thing with, like you said, cash flow. I mean, that's a new concept to a mm -hmm. lot of us, right? Is how do I cash flow that? How do I bring in that inventory? How do I manage that inventory? You know, used to be really easy because you knew you could just pop in at, you know, your local distribution, like an ADI, if you needed something last minute or, you know, things could ship out right away. You could just walk in and get it. Well, that's not the case anymore. So it takes much more planning and then project planning and, the bigger the project, the longer the process. So you're not doing, you know, a small, maybe, you know, six months, maybe it's spanning out to eight months to a year. So you have to learn how to manage that and how to have those right steps in place and those right processes in place. So you don't miss a step. So the interesting thing, Matt, about your, your, your question about the shakeout is let's just kind of assume that, that the economy does slow and that we're going to see, um, you know, companies, you know, the market slow, the general economy slow down and and demand slow. A touch of inflation. Just a touch as we all experience. Yeah. Um, so the couple of things I've heard is one is, you know, somebody said, well, you know, the, the interesting part of that is that might actually help ease the labor problem a bit. Mm -hmm. Because we if, if there is a shakeout and some of the companies go out of business, um, the other part of it that's interesting, though, is we saw this back in, you know, the Great Recession in, in 2008, 2009, is remember, a third of the companies in this industry are sole entrepreneurs yep. or they have one employee. Yep. You know, that's a third of CE Pro's readership. And um, those companies don't have a lot of overhead. As Amanda said, they're, they're working out of their homes. Those companies... Um, it doesn't take a lot for them to stay in business as a one-man shop. Then you have the large the companies that run efficiently. Mm -hmm. You're going to have these companies that have you know built a company culture. They've trained their people. They're they're efficient. It's all the the tweeners, the in betweeners, you know, of the companies who are trying to grow. They're maybe not so efficient. Um, they've got a certain number of employees that they that they kind of manage. Um, those are the that's where the shakeout's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so you're always going to you're always going to have is it, it's just a thing to a point to, to remember. There's always going to be those sole entrepreneurs and one employee companies mm -hmm. in the space, no oh, yeah, matter yeah. what happens. There's there's a huge volume of, you know, a, a guy and a helper. Um, yeah. That being said, that guy and a helper is one bad decision away <laughs> from going out of business too. Whereas the, the in-betweeners, um, our, our friend Brock McGinnis said this the other day, that to your point, the large companies usually can shoulder this. They, they have the expertise and the business acumen to to navigate it. It is those those tweeners that, and I love that term, so I'm going to steal it. Um, it. It is those tweeners who a couple of projectors sit on the shelf for too long. And all of a sudden they got, you know, 30 grand that they could have used to pay some people that's sitting on a shelf because they overordered and they didn't realize it. Those are the those are the companies that are going to have a hard time. Well, and those, those are the guys that are going to migrate to the installer net service yep. and those sorts of services where they're just going to be responding to 
quote unquote, our online RFP request for do it for me, mm-hmm. Nest thermostat installations and things like that. So um, I agree, you know, that they, they are one large project away. And some of those small guys, those one man shops will take on large projects, but, but I think you'll see them consolidate back to being yep. service oriented, do it for me guys. Yep. Yep. Very much so. All right. Let's hit our last topic of the day quickly because I like it. Excuse me. This comes to us from residential tech today. Hybrid work is here to stay. And so are hybrid flex work spaces. Read through the article. It, it makes a lot of assumptions that I'm not sure I agree with. Um, specifically that uh, hybrid space is going to maintain and continue and employees are employers are going to be very happy to allow a variety of hybrid work environments to to happen um, and I also specifically will call out the, the the statement that people have highly professional top quality or sorry um, they have top quality technologically advanced home offices I'm flagging that one. Um, <laughs> and and if, if our if our if our editor uh, friend um, over there at, at ResiTech listens to this, yeah, I'm calling bull on that one. Um, not saying it doesn't happen, but good lord, there's a lot of people who have a laptop sitting on a bunch of books, uh, and that is highly advanced. <laughs> what I've heard from integrators is the C-suite guys. They're yes. getting calls from the C-suite guys for the nice offices. They go. Beyond that, there's a company that's just told their employees, fend for yourself. Very much yeah. so. Hence why yeah. I call bull. Um, Amanda, I, I want to start with you on this one. I don't doubt that hybrid is, is, to a degree, is here to stay. But I feel like this is one of those things where this, this, is, this is what we want to see because hybrid workspaces has become like the buzzword, just like huddle rooms were... were um, super popular, you know, the last five years pre-pandemic. Everybody wanted a huddle room. Now everybody wants a hybrid workspace. I just don't buy it. I, I, I think we want this to happen. I don't think this is actually what's going to happen. Am I wrong on that? I, I think all the moms that are work from home moms are now saying, please <laughs> get me back to the office um, a little bit. Um, you know, I, I think that I think going forward, there's always going to be this, you know, kind of like little mix where it's going to be less reliant on you being there like every single day from eight until five and like punch in, punch out kind of thing. I think hopefully bosses are getting smarter in the fact that they realize like you've got to work. Sometimes you have to work longer. Sometimes you're working shorter, but you're getting the work done. Um, But I do think that there are going to be people that like working from home, but then also having the shakeup and the change up. And I worry about like this next generation with like relationships. Like I remember like when I first started off in these jobs, if I would have been, you know, complete work from home, like how did you meet people or how did you go out? Like everybody would like, okay, we leave the office and we're going to go out for drinks and then you'd meet mm-hmm. other people's friends and, and stuff like that. So um, I think people are definitely going to step it up at home because they're going to want to have a space where, like, the kids can do homework should things get shut down again. Um, they're going to want a space to be able to work from home and be prepared for it. But I don't know 
necessarily that we're going to see a ton of people have complete dedicated spaces. I think it's going to be more of like a flex space of like, how can I take that mudroom area and maybe make an area where we could do work from home, school from home. So you might see, you know, some more internet connections and potentially some better lighting because that area might be used for that in the future. Um, but I don't think like for a while, everybody thought, oh my gosh, we're going to go back to like two independent dedicated home offices, one for mom, one for dad, plus a workspace. I mean, we're not going to see that, but I think we're going to see people get more creative about, okay, if I need to carve out a workspace in this home, where could that area potentially be? Should the event come up again where we have this type of situation? So like, I'm more cognizant of like, mudroom areas, locker room areas? Do I have charging stations? Do I have places to put a laptop? Do I maybe put a little bit better lighting in there than what I did in the past in the event that I have to use that for a hybrid working space? And having more of those conversations um, with homeowners and with the architects and designers. Yeah, I love it. Jason, it, is this flexibility that, that has been so touted the last six months, really? It, 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 was this... An, inevitable response or was this just an evolution of what were what was going to happen in in, in the work site and i continually preface I, i've got a client who who's a senior vp at a fairly large tech firm here in in my local area and they went to hot desking kind of mid pandemic when they were starting to get people back in the office and their their employees absolutely hated it and they hated it because previously they all had their own little space. And like, I'm not talking about hot, hot desking in a, you know, corporate office environment where you've, everyone had a dedicated office with a door and lights and plants and the whole kick. I'm talking like cubicle hot desking, but everybody had their own cubicle. They had their own little space. And when it came back, they, they had taken uh, like 60% of their cubicles out. And they were hot desking in it. And it was like, show up with your little banker's box for the day, put it down and, and desk. And that's the flexibility side that I I, I don't understand. Was this inevitable or, or is this just an evolution? Well, you know, to pick up on Amanda's point, it's interesting because I think companies are publicly announcing we're going to uh, virtual or hybrid uh, workplaces because if you don't say that, you're not going to get candidates. Yeah, People want to have that flexibility. I also can tell you, you know, I come from the, the era where I had to wear a tie every day to the office for, you know, five to the first five or seven years. Then it was a big deal that we didn't get to have, we didn't have to wear a tie on Fridays. Fridays. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. We could go with that, just a button down shirt on Fridays. Oh, snap. Um, and, and I, I, you know, come into the office every single day. I've got a 37 mile commute. Um, but out of this, I will say that from, if I can use a personal lesson, mm -hmm. I realize I don't need to come in every day. You know, I can, I can do a lot of the same things that I do at home. Now I have a puppy that is driving me crazy at home. And also the other thing is my waistline doesn't like the fact that I have access to a pantry <laughs> 20 all the time which I'm snacking all the time. So um, when you say inevitable, I think it's been enlightening for people like me, old school people like me to realize that I can have that hybrid workforce. And at the same time, I think 
you have to have that hybrid workforce in order to attract new employees. Now, also we're talking about, you know, inflation and gas prices and those sorts of things. Um, you know, people, it's, it's a bite out of people's pockets mm -hmm. to commute tolls, etc. So, um, that's also, I think, a benefit to be able to offer employees the ability to not have to drive in every day. So yeah. I do think it's here to stay. I, whether it's inevitable or not, I think I, I love Amanda's point about the socialization element of it. You know, I know I can tell you with my youngest daughter, she struggled. The homeschooling thing was really tough from a social socialization standpoint. So um, she, if she was of working age, she probably would have had the same level of types of, struck, of struggles. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, let's leave it there. Thank you both for joining us. Amanda, if people want to connect with you, learn more about True Media Home, where can they do that? Anywhere on the social interwebs, Matt. It's just True Media Home on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all of the above. I was going to say, are you on TikTok? I am. It's Look so scary. It is. My kids cringe, though. My kids I, literally cringe. <laughs> I understand. Jason, thank you for joining us. If people want to connect with you, learn more about CE Pro or Emerald, where can they do that? You go to CEPro.com. You can follow me on Twitter at, uh, at Jason W. Knott. Excellent. Thank you both again for joining me. Uh, thank you for, for listening and joining as well. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and most other social platforms with the exception of TikTok. We don't do that here. Uh, but more importantly, please stop by avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you support them as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all we have for this episode of Resi Week. Okay.